This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Never Podcast! Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Name Never Podcast. I'm your host Natalie Bromley, but joining me is the main man himself, the headliner of the preview show, and that is of course Mr Dave Statman Roberts! Hi, Dave. Hello. I'm uh, I'm still recovering from those uh, goals on Saturday. How about you? I, I most certainly am, Dave. What a bonkers game that was at the weekend. I loved it. Well, it was certainly a bonkers first half, wasn't it? We don't usually see uh, five five goals in a in a game at, uh, at Turf Moor. That'll be uh, a, a stat we'll bring up later in the show. Ooh, I did think that you might have quite a few bits to pick from that little nugget. Yes. Um, I also thought as well when I was at the game, it crossed my mind that it's not often that. Burnley are the team that come out in the second half, like on the front foot and really going for it. Um, we usually struggle a little bit coming out of the half-time team talk, don't we? I always find we're a bit sluggish, but we uh, statement of intent, I think, is fair to say when we came out uh, second half. We did, and we got that equaliser fairly early on, wasn't it? It was about four or five minutes after the uh, after the break, and then after that we had a bit of a lull, didn't we? But then it could have uh, could have gone either way. At the end, they they had a chance that kind of flicked off the bar, um, and then we had that chance from from Vids, which uh, in the end it was a, a good save from the keeper. I think he, he mis controlled it really well, mis kicked it slightly. The keeper made a good save, and. Uh, it was just uh, heartbreaking. We didn't get that uh, that goal at the end. Oh, where do you stand on this? Because we were talking about this at the, at the week. I haven't seen it back yet because inexplicably, all the highlights that you can find online just omit it. It's like it was a chance for Burnley, a really amazing chance for Burnley to win it at the death in a crazy game, and it doesn't even appear on the highlights. So I haven't seen it back. Um, are you in camp miss or camp save? Not that it matters, but it's just curious. It, it, it's a bit of both because, as I say, he controlled it really well. Mm. He kind of half mishit it, but then the keeper made a good save as well. I think if it had got a lot more power on the shot, the keeper wouldn't have been able to make the save um, and it'd been a goal and, and Burnley would have won it. But uh, the keeper did well to get something on it. It went wide and it was just uh, just heartbreaking. We didn't get that, uh, that yeah. at the end. Although, in, in some ways, perhaps it would have been an, an injustice if, uh, if we'd have won the game and... And Palace haven't uh, haven't got anything. I literally 
do not care. <laughs> because there's been enough injustices against us and that, that's football. Well, I been, yeah, yeah, there was a small matter of, uh, of, of a blatant red card, wasn't there? Yes, exactly. Well, did you, <laughs> did you listen to the analysis show? Tom Whitaker went completely the different way to expected and he's making a claim for it to be not a foul or a red card at all. So, no. yeah, interesting. And then poor Rich got himself tied in knots because he started to take the mickey out of Tom and telling him he needed to go to spec savers where he lived and then proceeded to say it was a blatant penalty, to which we replied, um, Rich, it was about 10 yards outside the box, so let's not think about penalties. So, yes, it was a, it was a little bit of a uh, little bit of, of uh, back and forth with the old banter in the analysis show, guys. So if you've not listened to that yet, do tune in. Um, we have a bit of a therapy session to see how we're feeling. Anyway, we digress, Dave. Let's, let's get on with why we are here. We are here, of course, to look at Burnley's next game, never mind the last one. Let's look at the next one. We are looking ahead at Burnley's next Premier League feature. But before we do that, we have a quiz question that we need to address. Now, before we looked at the uh, Palace preview show, we sent our listeners a question, which was, prior to the match last weekend, which current Burnley player was the top scorer in matches against Crystal Palace at Turf Moor in all competitions? Now, this was a bit of a stickler, and I did not get this right at all. And, and young Dave afforded me about 45 guesses at the end of the recording to the point where I was just literally listing Burnley players' names with no rhyme or reason. So, Dave, what was the answer? Do put us out of our misery, please. Uh, well, we set the question in the knowledge that the answer might change depending on who scored on uh, Saturday's game. So we specifically wanted to know our top scorer prior to that game. Uh, the correct answer with three goals was Jay Rodriguez. Ah. And he scored all three goals during his first spell at Turf Moor uh, in matches which took place in the Championship. They were a 90th minute goal in a 4-2 win in March 2009, going all the way back to 2009. Um, and then two very early goals. He scored a third minute goal in a 1-0 win in March 2011. Uh, and a second-minute goal in a 1-1 draw in March 2011. And those were, uh, sorry, later on in 2011. Uh, they were all at Turf Moor, obviously. Um, and also to explain, Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes have both scored twice against Crystal Palace at Turf Moor before Saturday. Although, of course, with his latest goal, uh, Chris Wood has now joined Jay on three. Although, as we specifically asked about the situation prior to Saturday, we can only accept Jay Rodriguez as the correct answer. Indeed, indeed. Um, did we get any correct answers? I'm not sure I saw any, you know, Dave. Uh, I don't think we did, yeah, unless I'm mistaken. We didn't receive any correct answers this time. We seem to have uh, stumped everyone. There were lots of suggestions for Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes and even a few for Ben Mee. Uh, but perhaps with Jay's goals all being during his first spell... Uh, that seems to have caught most people out. Yeah, that, and I suspect that there was a Google outage somewhere around John Robertson's house. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've not had a dig for a couple of weeks. I wanted to get that one in. Well, do not fret, listeners, because you get another chance this week to submit not only an answer, but a correct one, because we are going to be setting you another quiz question at the end of this episode. So stay tuned. Do not go anywhere. We'll be back with Dave's quiz question at the end of this show. Premier League head to head. Okay, Dave, let's preview a game. It is, of course, Tottenham Hotspur at home, Sunday, the 28th of November, which is this Sunday. We are not a Saturday 3pm kickoff, which is quite nice. Um, but once again, 
it's not televised anywhere in the UK, despite being Sunday and a 2pm 2, 2 kickoff, which I'm presuming is some kind of European move around. So They've lost. They've lost? What, what is they, this? They were, they were playing in Slovenia, I think, if I've got that right, and they lost 2-1. Excellent. Hey, do you know what? We'll talk about this when we come to preview this show then. I don't want to jinx it. But they're not doing that great on Young Spurs. This may be a very good chance for us to beat them, you know. Let's not get carried away. Dave, distract, distract me. Distract me. Stop it. I'm going to get carried away. Talk us through, please. Let's start with the history of this fixture. Premier League meetings. Kick us off. Yeah, well, Tottenham are one of the teams that we've faced in all of our previous Premier League seasons. And in their seven previous Premier League visits to Turf Moor, there have been two Burnley wins, two draws and three uh, away wins. Um, it was too late to make any difference as Burnley were already relegated, but we came from behind to win 4-2 in our last Premier League game of 2009-10. Uh, Jack Cork, who was on loan uh, at the time, he scored one of the goals in that match. It's again, going back uh, ah. right away. Um, I'm going to keep our other win in reserve for the memory match which we'll come to very shortly. But the two draws were nil-nil in April 2015. Uh, that was one point towards safety. But after losing the next five after that, we were doomed to another relegation, despite wins at Hull City and Aston Villa towards the end of the season. Uh, the other draw was an entertaining 1-1 from early March 2020. And you may recall that this was our last match before lockdown restrictions put a pause to Premier League football for three months. Uh, that just leaves the three defeats, uh, none of which we managed to get a goal in. Uh, they were a 2-0 defeat in April 2017, a 3-0 defeat just before Christmas in 2017, and a narrow 1-0 defeat in last season's corresponding fixture, which took place last October. Wow. Memory match! And then what about the memory match then, Dave? I've got quite an intriguing video to the right of my script, which has got you throwing your arms up on the air on comms cab with uh, Papa Bird. What have you picked for the memory match? I'm dying to hear what this is. Uh, well, we've already covered our 4-2 win against Spurs in the last match of the 2009-10 season. We also mentioned there'd been a more recent Premier League home win, uh, and that took place in February 2019. Uh, the match was a Saturday lunchtime kickoff. Uh, was live on Sky Sports, and I remember it well as I was in the commentary box that day for a rare occasion for a home game uh, alongside Phil Bird for what was a thrilling match. At least it was in the second half, uh, as it was a fairly cagey first 45 minutes and the match was goalless at half-time. Um, after the half-time interval, Burnley attacked the B-hole end, and Chris Wood put us into the lead in the 57th minute when he headed the ball in off the underside of the crossbar, following an in-swinging right-wing corner from Dwight McNeil. Uh, the Spurs players and bench had claimed that it shouldn't have been a corner, but even the slow-motion replays were inconclusive. Uh, then there was some more controversy just eight minutes later. Uh, the ball went out just inside the Spurs half, near to the technical areas, in front of the Bob Lord stand. Uh, the fourth official quickly retrieved the ball for Danny Rose, who stole at least ten yards and took a quick throw into Harry Kane, who advanced past Ben Mee and beat Tom Heaton with an angle shot to level the scores. However, there was still time for Burnley to snatch a winner, and all three points were in the 83rd minute. Johan Berg-Gudmundsen's low pass across goal from the edge of the box was side-footed in by Ashley Barnes, and that's uh, what we were celebrating in that uh, little gif that we've got on our, uh, our script here. Um, immediately after the final whistle, referee Mike Dean was confronted by Pochettino and his assistant, 
who were still disputing the decision for the corner which led to Burnley's first goal. And they didn't take too kindly to being beaten by little old Burnley. No, nobody ever does. We seem to rub managers up the wrong way, for sure. Um, I'm going to get Matt to put this little gif on our socials when we publish the preview show, because it's very amusing. I don't think I've ever seen you so animated, Dave. I love it. On this day! Um, On this day, then, what's happened in previous years on the day of this fixture? Right, well, Burnley have won just five of the previous 21 matches we've played on the 28th of November. Uh, We started off okay with a 3-2 home win. Uh, That was against West Bromwich Albion in 1891. But that was followed by a demoralising 6-0 away defeat at Everton five years later in 1896. John Cameron netted a hat-trick for the home side in this match. Uh, Our next match on the 28th of November saw our second win, Uh, That was 3-2 at home to Bradford City in 1903, and that was followed five years later by a 1-1 draw at Leeds City uh, in 1908, as Jerry Dawson ensured that we'd earned a point with a late penalty save. Uh, The next seven matches on this date, between 1914 and 1970, were all away from Turf Moor, and all seven ended in defeat. The heaviest was a 6-0 reverse at Ewood Park in 1914, with Percy Dawson scoring four goals all in the first half. Uh, There was then a brief respite as we beat Bristol City 3-2, Uh, in 1981, uh, but that was followed by another four defeats between 1986 and 1992. Victory number three was a 1-0 home win over Blackpool in 1998, thanks to an Andy Payton penalty, and that was followed eight years later by a 2-1 home win over Leeds United at Turf Moor in 2006. Uh, Burnley have failed to win any of the last three matches on the 28th of November, There was a 5-3 away defeat at West Ham United in the Premier League in 2009, uh, a memorable 2-2 draw at Cardiff City in the Championship in 2015 with a couple of very late goals to earn a point, and then a standard 5-0 away defeat at Manchester City again in the Premier League exactly 12 months ago. So to summarise, our overall record for the 28th of November is played 21, won 5, drawn 2 and lost 14, with 22 goals for and a rather sorry 61 against. Yeah, we don't like those stats, Dave. Let's move swiftly on. Let's get that one out of our system. Club Connection! Um, Club Connection, please. Now, this is our feature for the first half of the season, and we've been bringing you a Club Connection section on the preview show where we look at all the players who... Well, not all of them, but some of the players who have spent time at both clubs, and we then focus on one player in particular. It says on my script that we've mixed it up a little bit this season, but I would quite like to clarify that, that Dave has mixed it up quite a little bit this season when he's decided that Roberts goes rogue and has just done whatever he wants. But normally we get a poll out into the field and say, guys, who do you want us to concentrate on? Listeners, I've got no idea what we've picked this, who we've picked this week or how we picked it. So I'm going to hand it over to Dave and let's figure out what he said. Yeah, well, we did have a poll, and the four players we gave you to choose from out of the 16 who played for both clubs since World War II were the four players who have made 100-plus appearances for the Clarets. Um, And they were as follows. uh, Ralph Coates, Mitchell Thomas, Dean Marnie, and Kieran Trippier. And who do you think got the most votes, Natalie? Well, to be honest, I think that's kind of close. I'd be very surprised if it's not... Trippier, 
But I also wouldn't be surprised if it's demonic because there's, there's, there, you know, demon is a bit of a legend and we do love him. So I'm going to guess Trippier, and I say that because there's a picture of Kieran Trippier to the left of me. Um, but um, but I, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if it had been demonic. Yeah, Kieran Trippier won the vote. He got 45%. And, uh, yeah, Dean Marnie was quite a way back in uh, second. So convincing winner, Kieran Trippier. And he's the player we're going to focus on this week. OK, knock us out of the park, Dave. OK, well, Kieran Trippier was one of two young players Burnley signed on loan from Manchester City in the summer of 2011, when Eddie Howe was still manager. Uh, the other, of course, was Ben Mee. Uh, and we saw what they were capable of in the first few months of that season. Mm. And the decision was taken to make both signings permanent in January 2012. And what a couple of incredible signings they proved to be. Uh, whereas Ben Mee has remained at Burnley, Kieran Trippier made the move to Spurs in the summer of 2015, when a release clause in his contract was triggered. Uh, he scored six goals, as well as numerous assists, in the 185 appearances he made for the Clarets over the course of four seasons, which also included a promotion to the Premier League in 2013-14. Unlike Ben Mee, he went on to be capped by England in 2017 while still at Spurs, and has since played a total of 35 times for his country. His one and only goal was a memorable free kick in the World Cup semi-final against Croatia in 2018, although, as we know, England went on to lose that match in extra time. In the summer of 2019, after scoring two goals and again getting numerous assists uh, for Spurs in 114 appearances, he joined Atletico Madrid in a £20 million move and went on to help them win La Liga in 2020-21. Um, he stated several times in interviews that he would like to come back and play for Sean Dyche at Burnley. Uh, so what we're we waiting for, let's get him back to Turf Moor for next season. Definitely. Unfortunately, if we are in the Championship next season, Dave, I don't think he's going to come back. But yeah, I think... We all very, very much would love to see Trippier back at Turf Moor. A lot of people state that Trips is the best player they've ever seen at Turf Moor. Do you share that view, Dave? Um, I don't know about that. He's certainly a fantastic player while he was with us, and we had four great seasons, and we were we were sorry to see him go. I see recently he's been linked with um, Eddie Howe again. There's talk of him possibly going to uh, Newcastle in January. But Oh, hell he... no. I'm not no. having that. I'm not <laughs> having him going anywhere near Eddie Howe. That would break my heart to see Trippier come back and play for that clown at Newcastle. No. Who do, we, who do we need to speak to about that, Dave? We must have a contact somewhere that can stop. Alan Pace, I think. Yeah, I'm going to ring him. <laughs> Oi, Pace, no. Let's not let that happen. Not on my watch. Um, well, that's the end of the first half of the show. Now, we've obviously looked at the history of this fixture, but it's time to return to the present for the second half, starting with our scouting report. Scouting report! Yeah, after making the decision to appoint Nuno Espirito Santo as their manager as recently as the end of June, Spurs made a very good start to the season with three 1-0 wins, including a victory over reigning champions uh, Manchester City on the opening weekend. Uh, that earned Nuno the August Manager of the Month award. However, by the start of November, the Spurs board had got itchy feet and decided to make a change with the team eighth in the table. Uh, in came Antonio Conte, who's changed the system from a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1 uh, to start playing with three defenders in a 3-4-3 formation with attacking wing-backs. Uh, during the summer transfer window, Spurs spent in the region of £60 million on three players. They were right-side defender Emerson Royale, uh, left-winger Brian Gill, 
as well as 18-year-old defensive midfielder Pape Sarr. Uh, they also brought in a couple of loan signings, central defender Christian Romero and goalkeeper Pierluigi Gallini. Uh, in their most recent Premier League match, that was a 2-1 home win over Leeds United. Uh, they came from behind to uh, win that. They play with Hugo Lloris in goal. Uh, a back three of Ben Davis, Eric Dyer, and Jaffet Tanganga. Uh, Regulon and Emerson were the attacking wing-backs with Harry Winks and Pierre Hoybier in central midfield roles. Up front, Harry Kane led the line, flanked by Hung Min Son and Lucas Moura. In terms of injuries, they don't seem to have too many issues at present. Uh, Christian Romero appears to be ruled out, and Giovanni Lo Celso is a doubt, but Oliver Skip has already served a suspension. Um, however, we are recording this prior to the pre-match press conferences, so we'll have to wait and see if there's been any further updates. Uh, for once, it isn't Harry Kane leading the way in terms of goals for Spurs. He's only scored once in the Premier League so far this season. However, he does have a habit of scoring goals against Burnley. He scored a goal for Millwall at Turf Moor in February 2012. Um, he was on loan there as an 18-year-old. And his eight goals against Burnley for Spurs include a hat-trick in the match we mentioned earlier, which took place at Turf Moor in December 2017. Uh, in terms of FPL points, uh, Son, who is also Spurs' top goalscorer with four, has 50 FPL points with Hugo, uh, sorry, 60 FPL points, uh, with Hugo Lloris and Sergio uh, Regulon both on 50 points. Incidentally, Maxwell Corne has now overtaken Matt Lowton to be Burnley's top FPL point scorer with 40. Excellent stuff. Um, I think it's probably time we check in with our opposition players, don't we, Dave? We do like to give you a bit of a balanced view, not just me and Dave talking about whatever we want to talk about. Um, so we do like to bring you some news from the opposition camp. And this week, we ask last word on Spurs to provide us some insight in our opposition view. Opposition view. Hi there. This is a preview for the No Name Never podcast. This is Ricky Sachs here from The Last Word on Spurs. Hope you guys are keeping safe and well. Big game at the weekend for Tottenham Hotspur against the Burnley side. There. Let's be honest about it. Despite, like I say, them showing some... Promise in the last week or so, they've been out of form for the majority of the season. For Tottenham Hotspur under Antonio Conte, there is a real good feel factor around the club, despite a really, really disappointing Europa Conference League defeat to NS Mora on Thursday evening. Spurs will be hoping to get back to winning ways in the Premier League and follow on from that win against Leeds United last weekend. For Tottenham, there's a real opportunity now to try and gatecrash the top four this season, however unlikely that might be with United closing in on a new interim manager, Chelsea in formidable form, City being Manchester City, and of course Chelsea under Tuchel going really strong. For Spurs, I don't think there'll be too many changes from their Premier League 11. I'd imagine them to keep a very much similar team. I expect Harry Kane to remain up front, hopefully to get this goal scoring, you would say, duck off his back in the Premier League. Just the one goal so far against Newcastle United earlier in the season. I would expect Lucas Moura to feature in the Spurs side. I think Antonio Conte loves his passion, loves his desire, loves his work rate. And that's one thing with Conte that, you know, as a minimum, he'll be after to have that work rate there for players in order to play in his football team. Of course, we saw the 11 that played in the Europa Conference League, the likes of Deli Alli, the likes of Matt Doherty, who, to be fair, showed that at the moment, they're nowhere near, I believe, in contention to feature for Antonio Conte's Spurs side. 
And when you look at, I say, the games that come for Tottenham, they have got Utah on paper a favourable fixture list where they can really start to build some points now under Antonio Conte and really try and mount a challenge for that top four, as difficult as that may be. We all know going into this Christmas period now that if you can go on a run, you can really propel yourselves to either, like I say, have a chance to get into that top four or stave off relegation or ultimately establish yourself as a Premier League side. I will say with Burnley, I've always been impressed by the way Sean Dice organises his teams. I know it sometimes isn't pretty on the eye. I know it sometimes isn't the most attractive football. But what he does seem to always do is he does get results in order to keep Burnley in the Premier League and as an established top-tier club. I think, like I say, I've been really impressed by the striker at Burnley, the new guy, obviously, uh, Cornell, scored obviously a number of different goals already, some real quality finishes in there. I think Spurs will have to keep their eye on him if they are to be successful in getting a result. I know many people always describe Turf Moor as a real tough place to go, but I think you guys know better than me just how poor the home form has been there over the last 12 to 18 months. So hopefully if Spurs are on their game and they turn up prepared and ready for a battle, then I would hope and expect Spurs to walk away with all the three points. Therefore, on that basis, I'm going to go with a 3-1 Tottenham win. I'd like to take this opportunity to wish you guys the very best for the rest of the season, of course, apart from this game at the weekend. But most importantly, guys, as always, keep safe, keep well. I've been Ricky Sachs from the last one on Spurs. Thank you so much, as always, for having me on your channel and allowing me to preview the game. Take care. Okay, referee Dave, who, which shambles is, I mean, I'm, I'm still sore about the weekend's performance of referees, so which absolute shambles of an official are we going to have at Turf Moor this weekend, please? Uh, we've got Peter Banks from Liverpool. He joined the select one group of referees at the start of the 2019-20 season, and he'll be the man in the middle on Sunday. He'd already refereed a couple of our matches in the Championship in 2015-2016, uh, they were an away win at Rotherham United and a goalless draw at home to Ipswich Town. Uh, since then, he's only taken charge of two of Burnley's Premier League games, uh, both of which were at Turf Moor. They were a 2-0 defeat to Crystal Palace in November 2019, as well as a 1-1 draw against Sheffield United in July 2020. Um, he's another referee, uh, again, who didn't take charge of any of our matches last season. Um, although he has already been at Turf Moor this season. Uh, he was the referee for our 1-0 defeat to Spurs in the Carabao Cup. It's quite unusual to get a, a referee for a cup game and then get the same one for a, a league game shortly afterwards. Mm. little bit odd. There you go. Uh, the video assistant referee on Saturday will be Craig Pawson, and we can only hope that he'll pay more attention to the match than Graham Scott did last Saturday. Yeah, not hopeful. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Um, well, I know you don't want to leave it there, Dave, because I know you like to treat our listeners immensely. So why don't you delve into those deep pockets of yours and let us have your miscellaneous Stat of the Week. Uh, I've got two for the price of one this week for bonus stats. If you'll, of course you uh, do. Indulge me. <laughs> Go on. Um, and both are related to last week's match, the 3-3 draw at home to Crystal Palace. And it was certainly a mad four, first 45 minutes at Turf Moor on Saturday. And it was just the third time in a Premier League match involving Burnley that five goals have been scored before half-time. Uh, the other two occasions were when we trailed 5-0 at home to Manchester City in April 2010, a match which saw three goals in the first seven minutes and which we went on to lose 6-1. Uh, current Crystal Palace manager Patrick Vieira was in the Manchester City starting eleven that day. 
Um, and then early in the 2018-19 season, we trailed 3-2 at half time against Fulham at Craven Cottage, uh, a match which we went on to lose uh, for two. Uh, and then secondly, just for you, Natalie, uh, Ben Mee's goal was his 11th for Burnley. And all but one had been scored with his head. And um, it was also the third time that he'd scored for Burnley against Crystal Palace. And all three were headers in Premier League games. One at Sellers Park and the other two at Turf Moor. Definitely. I mean, I, I, some of our regular listeners, Graham Jennings, I am indeed looking at you, did quite rightly point out that sometimes if you guess something often enough, at some point it's going to come true. A bit like the, the broken clock being right at least. Twice a day, once a day, twice a day, twice a day. Twice a day. Um, but yeah, I still, I, I still am going to carry on my guesses of a bend me head. I was very delighted when it went in. Actually, my first thought was you, Dave. I did tweet you excitedly. I do remember. Um, so, how are you feeling? I mean, it's a bit of a strange one at the moment, isn't it, Dave? We are playing better. We are starting to get points on the board. We got some fantastic points against um, Chelsea and Palace, which on paper just didn't really look like we were going to get. Um, but we're still in the bottom three and we're still struggling to be able to put that run of wins together that we need to, to break away. Um, I mentioned at the top of the show today that on paper Spurs, Spurs at home and it isn't exactly the game we want to look at. But actually... They're having a bit of a shocker at the moment. So do we think this could be a game that we could get ourselves a bonus three points? What do you think? Um, you never know. I think it's going to be difficult. So obviously we've got changes uh, we need to make. We've got a couple of suspensions. Uh, James Tarkovsky and Ashley Westwood picked up their fifth yellow cards of the season. So they're serving a, a one-match suspension. Uh, both of them together on um, on Sunday. Uh, the obvious replacements uh, you would think would be uh, Nathan Collins coming straight in for Tarkey and Jack Cork in central midfield for Ashley Westwood. Uh, we'd expect that to be the case. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those. We we are on a decent run in terms of not losing. We've only lost one of the last seven in the Premier League, and that of course was at Manchester City. Uh, but we do need to start turning some more of the draws into wins. We got that one win against Brentford, uh, but that's the only one we've got so far this season. So we've had a, a lot of draws in there, mm. um, and we need to get a few more few more victories. Yeah, we really do, and I think I think that's been the concern. I think Tom Whitaker was a little bit down in the dumps is that maybe overplaying it a little bit he was a little bit concerned at the at the weekend he's been, had a sort of bad feeling all season he's usually the, the positive one of us um, that doesn't really matter how well we're playing or how we get points on the board the standard of the Premier League this season is way harder than I can remember in ages than any of us can remember so it does feel a little bit concerning that actually even though we're playing as well as we have done in previous seasons, we may very well be naturally one of the worst three teams in the league. Um, but we still always have this ability, don't we, to get a surprise result at some point. So I'm feeling hopeful. And and one of the things that we said as well, Dave, I don't know if you share this. Actually, I don't know whether or not the stats back this up. Sorry to put you on the spot. But we're scoring goals and the teams that end up getting relegated tend to be the ones that can't score. Um, actually, we've got a bit of a problem at the other end of the pitch, haven't we, in, in terms of letting them in? Um, I guess my question to you is, is you know, do, do you think we can, we can keep up the season? Do you think we can survive? Uh, well, I think we've got a player in Maxwell Corney who's um, very clinical in front of goal. He's scored five uh, league goals already in, uh, well, 
six starts, seven, seven matches in total. He came on a sub in the Arsenal game, didn't he? Uh, we've got a player who's come in who's um, very exciting. He's uh, certainly shown what he's capable of already, and I think there's a lot more to come from him. Um, and I think he'll the, the way he's playing, the position he's playing, he's, he's going to continue scoring goals for us. So that's a, a real boost because I think in, in the past we have relied a little bit too much on Chris Wood. So we can get Chris Wood continuing to score like he did on Saturday and Maxwell Corney coming in with uh, goals and, and goals coming from elsewhere on the pitch like Ben Mee as well. Um, that's all <laughs> going to help. But we can't, we can't concede three goals every game. We need to uh, shore things up at the back. I think we have only had that one clean sheet from um, uh, from Nick Pope, which was against the against Norwich, wasn't it? We haven't had any other clean sheets so far this season, so we need to get back. Ideally, winning games one nil that'd be good if we can get some clean sheets, score at the other end, and uh, and get three points that way. Yeah, I mean the concern from that perspective, though, Dave, is clear. So we can't be relying on Corner either, especially as he's going to disappear. Um, in January to the African African Nations Cup, and, and you know we've got to what we're going to do then. You know we're not going to we're not going to create very much then at that point. So we're going to have to be really very 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 careful. I'm I am getting a little bit worried, but um, let's not dwell on that because you know we've still got over a half a season. We've got two thirds of a season left, so plenty of time left yet. Plenty of time for Brentford to fall off, which would be great. Um, what's your prediction for the Saturday Sunday game then, please, Dave? Do you think we're going to win, draw, lose? Who's going to score? You know the drill. Um, I'm going to be positive and go for a 1-0 win. I'm oh! going to, we're going to get an elusive clean sheet and win 1-0. Dave Roberts, who are you? What is this wizardry? <laughs> I don't know what's getting into you recently, but I do. Oh, maybe that's the problem. Maybe some of our troubles this season are linked to you being too bloody positive with the goal <laughs> predictions. Right, I'm um, going to lose 3-0. That's better. That's better. I feel I feel a bit more comfortable now, Dave. That's better. Um, I'm also going to predict a win. Um, I've got a really good feeling about the weekend, and I don't know why, but I just feel like even though things haven't quite been going for us, we are playing with a little bit of a swagger that we've been missing recently. I'm excited about Collins coming into the squad because I think he's going to play really well. Um, so I'm going to predict a two-nil win, and I'm going to say corner and a Ben Me header and a Ben Me header. I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> If it's not broke, don't fix it, Dave. That's what we're going with on this one. So, listeners, you know the drill. You know, we want to hear from you. We want to score prediction, please. We also want to know the name of the scorer. And we want to know how he's going to score, please. Send us your predictions. You can tweet us at never. Uh, are we on nonanever.net? I always forget which what, what we are now. We're nonanever.net, aren't we? No, that's uh, no never. I've been doing this that long, listeners. I forget what our social handles are. Tweet us at no never. You can leave us a comment on our Facebook page or you can email us at previewshow at nonanever.net. Fantasy Premier League update. Okay, Dave. Let's get down to business, the serious part of the preview show. It is, of course... The known and ever fantasy Premier League. We have gone through game week 12, um, almost a third of the way through the season, and we can bring you a new update from a full game week, please, including news of who is leading the way to become the manager of the month in November. Take it away. What's been going on? Uh, well, there was some movement towards the top of the table uh, following last weekend's games, although most of the names in the top five will be fairly familiar to anyone uh, who's been listening to the updates so far this season. We have uh, down to fifth place, we've got Tall Paul. Uh, Jack Toner is up to fourth. Deck Clark is a non-mover in third place. 
Uh, up to second with a very good week with 96 points is Luke Lambert. And then leading the way, he's got a lead of 16 points at the top on 859 is Joe Elliott, non-mover in first place. Excellent, excellent stuff. Um, Manager of the month then, who's leading the way for November? Right, well, we've got, um, I think, in sixth place overall, but leading the way for November is Brodie uh, Robinson. Uh, 93 points last week and then 168 uh, that's for the couple of game weeks we've had for November so far. Um, and in second place, I think oh, just in second place, is Mark Howarth on 159 for November. And Chris Horner is in third, just one point behind on 158. So everything to play for still for um, November management month. I'm not sure how they're going to figure that because obviously the weekend's games will definitely be in. Yeah. I think because the midweek games cross the month, I'm guessing they're all going to count in November as well. So there's some games on the uh, 30th and then there's some on the 1st as well, ah. our games on the 1st. So I think so, all of those, including the midweek games, will all be counted in November, I think. I think that's right as well. I think because they're all game week 13, aren't they? Yeah. Right. I think I think we do that. I think we, even if the FPL do something weird and wonderful, I think we cap it. Well, no, we're it. just doing what they do because I can see their list. Oh, in that case then, quite right, Dave, quite right. I, I'm trying to make things more complicated for you than they already are. As if you didn't have enough work to do, Dave. Exactly. Um, yeah, sorry. None and ever, the team, how are we all doing? Uh, well, not surprisingly, Adam Dennett is still top of our podcast as mini-league, although he fell to 14th place in the main no-near-never league. He's still uh, still fairly well up there. Uh, there was no change elsewhere, although my Burnley Stats team closed the gap to Adam by 14 points and also let back up to 68th place, and that's the highest I've been so far, in the main no-near-never league table. Wow. Uh, your Dingle Bells team also beat the weekly average. Uh, the weekly average was 57. Wow. You got 67. Uh, although you did use your triple captainship, which will have helped. Yes, it did. <laughs> look, uh, that, those magic beans are there for a reason, Dave. I'm going to start using them. Everybody else You can only them. use them once, though. Yeah. Uh, that moves you back up six places from 244th to 238th, although you're still fifth out of five wooden spoon position in our separate podcasters mini-league. Um, how many players have we got this season in the league? Uh, 325, I think. So I am nowhere near the bottom. I, I think oh, no. that you, in your script, you you fail to, in all the shade you throw at me about beating average scores, etc., etc., which is not going to notice young Dave, we fail to mention that for every single year I've played the non-never FPL, I've been in the relegation zone, the bottom three or just above it. And this season I've vastly improved. I'm like way above the relegation zones. There is no relegation. We, we agreed that a few weeks back. The technical relegation zone then. <laughs> but I'm like, I've never been this high up the league ever. And I'm actually every single week remembering to tinker with my team. I've understood those transfer things now. I kind of understand that there are magic beans. I don't really know what I'm supposed to do with them, but I'm trying. So next season, Dave, I'm coming for you. Anyway, game week 12's team of the week. Which players should we have picked to pick up the most points? <laughs> right, well, these 11 players would have earned you 134 points, excluding any double captain points or any bonus chips you played. Um, and they were in a 5-3-2 formation. Uh, we had uh, Sar of Wolves in goal. 
we had our five defenders who were uh, Mings, Alexander-Arnold, Rudiger, James, both of Chelsea, and Cancelo of Manchester City. Uh, our three midfielders were Mane, uh, Hoybier of Spurs, and Canos of Brentford. And our two strikers were Dennis of Watford and, uh, against us, Christian Benteke of Crystal Palace, who obviously scored a couple of goals. And the highest scorer of all of those was, uh, well, joint, Tyrone Mings and um, Trent Alexander-Arnold both got uh, 15 points. Um, Although the average score for the week was 57, one manager posted 135 points, uh, but they did use their bench boost chip, where all their bench count, their bench player points count for the week, um, and they'd also captain Manchester City's Jao Cancelo. So, yeah, there's uh, one manager way out in front, 135 points. Um, that would have been well up in our league if, if they'd have had that. Oh yeah. We, 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 our leader for November has 168. That's across two game weeks. So, uh, could you could you technically use all of those magic beans in one week, Dave? No, you can only use one in a week. Oh, okay. So I use that triple captain thing, and then uh, so I can never use that again. And I couldn't have used. Gone. Um, so I couldn't use the other two this week. You could use one of the other two this week. That'll be why, because I was clicking buttons when I was just doing my team before we came on here, and I was trying to click both of them, and it wouldn't let me. So I thought that I was doing something wrong, but as it turns out, I was just trying to cheat, which is um, excellent. Um, it won't do that. No, it definitely it didn't. It, the, system is, is, the system is correct, and it's in place for a reason, to stop Egypts like me getting it wrong. Um, well, the next time we record a preview show will be for our midweek away game against Wolves, which I think, Dave, we're recording on Sunday, are we? Strategy. I think we're planning to record after the Spurs game on Sunday. So that'll pro- depending on Matt's availability, that'll probably be out on uh, Monday, I suspect. Yes, yes I believe so. Um, so we probably won't have, well, actually, we definitely won't have updated tables for you then because we're going to be missing midweek games, aren't we? Um, well, we won't have the, it's it's separate for midweek, but we won't certainly won't have the um, the games that are played on Sunday because they don't oh, tend yeah, to update until the following day. Yeah, that's fine. Well, we will try and see if we can do something a little bit different and provide some alternate FPL content for the episode. Um, listeners, I don't know what that will be. Dave has slid that into our script, and I look forward to hearing from us to what on earth we're going to do for an alternative um, FPL content for next week. That's uh, I fear that there is something heading my way that I need to do for next week, so let's see where we get to. It's all right. I don't know what it is either yet. Oh, excellent. Well, there you go, listeners. <laughs> help, help us out. Help us out. Uh, somebody send us some suggestions for some alternative FBL content next week. Otherwise, it's going to be a mighty, mighty, mighty short preview show. Statman Dave's quiz question. Anyway, before we set off, Dave, we promised our listeners, if they stuck around and listened to us chortling on, that we would give them a quiz question. So what have you set our listeners this week, please? Right, well, this week's quiz question is, after the unusual sight of five goals being scored during the first half of the match against Crystal Palace, we want to know when was the last time that six goals were scored in the first half of a competitive Burnley match, either at home or away? Ooh, and how do our listeners... Ooh, that's a tricky one. After the unusual sight of five goals being scored during the first half of the match against Crystal Palace... We want to know when was the last time that six goals were scored in the first half of a competitive Burnley match, either home or away. 
How do our listeners get in touch with that answer, Dave? I don't know what that is. Uh, well, they can tweet us or send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at no Nay Never. Uh, you can email us, uh, dedicated preview show email address, which is previewshow at nonanever.net, or you can also reply to the post for this preview show on either the No Nay Never Facebook page or on YouTube. Excellent. Um, we can let you know the correct answer next week. Actually, we'll be able to do that before the Wolves game. Yes. Yeah, you're gonna have to. Yeah, you're gonna have to get your answer. Don't have long to get your answer in. Yeah, you're gonna have to get it in pre. Sunday, because we're going to need to be able to um, get that in before the Sunday recordings. So there you go. Interest, guys, if you want to submit them, do it early. Um, okay, Dave, before we let our lovely listeners disappear for the night, what do we have in terms of community news? Any fixture changes, gossip? What do we need to tell them? Uh, no, I think fixtures have all been uh, set in stone for a while now, certainly for the ones leading up to um, uh, Christmas. Uh, one thing I did think off the top of my head is uh, happy Thanksgiving to uh, any of our listeners yeah. uh, listening in America, yes, in the United definitely. States. Happy Canada's different, isn't it? Canada's got a different date. We've we'll probably missed that already, but certainly for uh, for the for the good old US of A, uh, they've got Thanksgiving this weekend, so uh, enjoy that. Um, and then also the only other thing I had to mention was that once again there will be uh, collection points around the ground for the Burnley FC in the Community Food Bank, uh, and they'll be extremely grateful for any donations of tinned or dried foods, including soup, cereal and pasta, as well as tea bags, instant coffee or long-life milk or orange juice. I think it's the uh, West Yorkshire Clarets who are, uh, who are manning the bins this weekend. Excellent. Well done at those chaps. Um, we were miles ahead. Uh, Canada's Thanksgiving was the 11th of October. So, yes, yeah. we are. Um, that is a very, very belated happy Thanksgiving. But, yes, um, happy Thanksgiving to our American listeners. There are quite a few of them, actually. They do get in touch every now and again. Um, we get quite a lot of email correspondence from our American listeners, which is always great for us to see. I love, I love it when our listeners write to us over email. It's like a long pen pal letter. I do love it. People should email us more. I like it. Um, well, that's it. That's all we've got time for this week. Um, my thanks as ever go to everybody who contributed to the preview show to Last Word on Spurs for the opposition view. Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements. To producer Matt, who always steps up to knit all of our outtakes out and get this out in the open. So thank you, Matt. Um, but for Dave Roberts, of course, who is our hero and puts in all the time and effort in getting these stats together and actually producing the content for the preview show. We genuinely would not have a show without him. So thank you, Dave. Um, last but no means least, least you, the listener, for downloading and listening to this episode. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. Um, the analysis show will be back on Tuesday, which we will hopefully be looking ahead at, um, sorry, looking back at three fantastic points against Spurs at home to add to their worries again. And as I said, Dave and I will be back before that Wolves game. We'll be recording on Sunday for another episode of the preview show. Um, if you've got any comments, questions or suggestions, you know how to get in touch with us. And that's all we've got time for. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.